can feel it down in my plums. When I hear a sound, I rap at the door, my young son Gabriel walks in. My wife says, no, Gabriel, leave. I said, no, let the boy watch. Let the boy watch. He needs to learn the way I learned from my father. The way he learned from his father. <laughs> Let the boy watch the way he learned from his father. <laughs> Welcome back to Let the Boys Watch, an entertainment podcast brought to you by Going Gray Productions. Today's episode, we're going to talk about the 2001 dramedy, The World Tenenbaums. Directed by Wes Anderson, co-written by Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson, starring Gene Hackman, Angelica Houston, Ben Stiller, Gwyneth Paltrow, Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, Bill Murray, Danny Glover, Seymour Castle, Kumar Palani, and Alec Baldwin. I'm one of your co My name is Robbie. Alongside me is the cuz, cuz Benny. How you doing? Doing great. I'm uh, thinking about changing my whole life around over the course of six weeks. I love it. <laughs> it's a fantastic idea. <laughs> <laughs> and alongside us, one of our co-hosts and our good friend, Ryan. Ryan, how's it hanging? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I had a meltdown on the tennis court, but other than that, <laughs> feeling great. How about you, Robbie? How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I saw that. I, 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 was, uh, I felt bad for you, but hey, I had the other guy. I bet the other guy, but uh, I won some cash. <laughs> Robbie, how could you? I thought you'd have my back. Well, I, I, you know, I've been around you for a long time, and I know a meltdown when I see you one. Know, you know, it was coming. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like Robbie said, this is let the boys watch, and we're talking about the Royal Tenenbaums. A lot of, uh, I don't know, if, a lot of people that are our age might say it's one of their favorite films. Um, you know, it came out when a lot of us were college aged probably the perfect time to see it um for yourself well not everyone saw it then (laughs) um and speaking of that one of the big reasons why we started this podcast was because some of us benny mostly sometimes robbie have not seen a lot of your favorite movies so that's what we're trying to do here is have them watch these movies and uh berate them for not watching them but (laughs) even more importantly is get their thoughts see what they think and i believe on this film Royal Tenenbaums, both of you haven't seen it. Is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. Yep. I love it. So before we get into that, just a few housekeeping notes. One, send us an email, ltbwpodcast at gmail.com. We love getting them uh, unless it's absolute filth. Well, no, if it's absolute filth, we'll probably read it. But (laughs) unless it's nonsense, we'll definitely, we'll read it on the air. And we want to hear what you think about this episode or the episode upcoming because we definitely give you plenty of time and our social media team is posting letting you know when we're going to record uh what movie we're doing we got voting every friday so there's no reason for you not to send us emails on the movies we've watched or the movies we're gonna watch and speaking of the instagram follow us there at let the boys watch pod now for those of you that have been following us and emailing us Thank you. And you probably also got involved in a little contest we ran. September Sweeps. Benny, tell them about it. 
Yeah, so we had a uh, September sweeps, as Ryan said. Basically, we are giving away a one hundred dollar gift card to I iTunes to or spin this wheel <laughs> or the movie of your choice. Uh, and the the contest is complete. All that's left to do is spin this wheel that we have here that I've shared in our Zoom chat. If you're watching on YouTube, and if you're on YouTube watching this, why not follow us? Click the bell yeah. for notifications. Listen, it's one a week. It's not going to be that many notifications. No. Um, but yeah, we had almost 60 people enter the contest by way of voting in the in the polls that we have every week, writing us emails, and even a couple of people left us a review, uh, which you can do even though we're not giving away $100. It would really mean a lot to us, and I think that's what matters the most. Um, but boys, without further ado, should I spin this wheel? Oh, please. I can't wait. Robbie, you ready? Yes. Oh my god! Right. You got you should see my shorts right now. They're fucking drenched. <laughs> is that because are you sweating because you got to spend thirty three dollars right now? Yeah, the bank account <laughs> is bubbling. All right, we're spinning. I don't know if you can hear that over the pod, but this is live. Uh... Who is it going to be? Oh, so close. <laughs> <laughs> Between the two people that had the most entries, uh, one of them, spoiler alert, your runner-up was uh, Brother Phil. So close, Phil. I, I don't know if you, you're going to see this, but uh, the winner is one of our Instagram followers, Meow Kitty Purr. Uh, she left us a review recently, and that, you never know, might have put her over the edge, those three extra entries. So congratulations to you. We will be reaching out to you on Instagram to steal your identity. I mean, send you an email with your wings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, congratulations. I'm, I'm kind of glad it was somebody that we don't know because it, it brings legitimacy, legitimacy to the contest. I agree. <laughs> Robbie, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this contest. Congratulations, Meow Kitty Purr. Uh, <laughs> you can buy tons of milk now uh, to quench your <laughs> thirst <laughs> with, all, with all that winnings. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe take those winnings and uh, exchange it for some for some whole milk. So congratulations. I'm I'm excited. Uh I would have liked somebody that we knew one, but hey, it's uh, it's your fault because you didn't write any reviews or anything like that. So congratulations, Kitty. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully a fan for life. And she starts writing some emails. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she wrote awesome. a very nice, she wrote a very nice uh, review, uh, a random stranger. Um, we've known people for 30 years and they didn't <laughs> take two seconds out of the day. So, I mean, it shows you where the loyalty is in, in this country. So shout out to them and- <laughs> Thank you so much, Meow Kitty. It was very nice, the words you wrote. And we appreciate that that you appreciate the podcast and we're happy you enjoy it. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, and uh, I don't know, who knows? Maybe we'll do another contest down the line, uh, but we definitely have some a lot of plans in store. Um, but let's get into the movies because that's what we're really here for, right? Let's do it. Um, so... Because both of you have never seen Royal Tenenbaums, I'd like to know, like, before watching this movie or maybe in the past 20 years, had you heard about it? Did you want to watch it? Uh, did you have any thoughts on it? Um, Benny, you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Um, yeah, so this is definitely a movie that I did want to see. Um, it's Brian, my friend Brian's favorite movie or one of them. So it was something he always talked about. Uh, the song These Days was always played in his uh, red Nissan Sentra that you put the the cassette into the into the console to to get your CD player to play. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So when that that song came on, you know, I knew it was from this movie, but 
it was cool to finally see where exactly it was from. Um, I didn't know too much about the movie. I thought it was literally about a royal family um, with just a bunch of like misfit kids, which I, I guess kind of loosely is what it is, just not necessarily a royal family. Uh, but this is definitely something I was interested in seeing. Nice, Robbie. Yeah, the same. Um, I never, I guess, planned on watching this movie. Maybe until, you know, I met my brother-in-law who I've, you know, obviously known for a long time. But when he started dating my sister and, and now that he's married to her, he, he always talks about his love for Wes Anderson films and tries to get uh, get me to watch a ton of his films. And I refuse out of stubbornness. But <laughs> yeah, I... I never really planned on watching it. And surprising to me, I never kind of went on their interwebs and like did a Wikipedia search to kind of have the movie spoil for me. So it was never on my radar, but uh, I'm glad I was able to watch it. Like Benny said, I, I really can't come up with anything like funny or fake of that I didn't know about this movie. I just figured from the title, like like Benny said, it was about a royal family with some with some shitty kids. Um, other than that, that's that's mainly what I thought about it. But you know, I did see Grand Budapest from Wes Anderson. I haven't seen a lot of Wes Anderson movies, but uh, I did really enjoy uh, Grand, Bu Grand Budapest Hotel. So I was excited to watch this movie. And I'm kind of glad it won, actually. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you've already seen Grand Budapest, which is maybe we'll get into it later, but it might be it's top three for sure. It might be my favorite Wes Anderson. I don't know, but we'll talk about that a little later. Um I saw this movie and I'll kind of just go into my overall impressions. Um, I was a a hipster emo scene kid. So I 100% saw this movie when it came <laughs> out um, because all the indie kids were all about it. Um, if you basically, I feel like back then, if you didn't see all the Tarantino and Anderson films, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, just, you got no cred. Yeah, just unalive yourself at that point. <laughs> um, and uh, it for a long time, it it I don't know if it was my favorite movie, but it was definitely up there, definitely top ten ish in in that realm. It was my favorite Wes Anderson for a long time. Like I said, maybe Grand Budapest might dethrone that, maybe. Um, but I you know I definitely loved it. Um, I loved a lot of things about it, and. I wanted to live on Archer Avenue just like they did. Um, but um, I mean, just in general, it's a, it's a great movie. Um, I will definitely say that I liked it more when I was a young hipster person. <laughs> I watching it again recently, I still love it, but it doesn't hit the same. So I'm really curious, like how you guys uh, or what you guys thought about it, seeing it for the first time at our age, um, I'm just I, I'm super curious what you guys what you guys think. So, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Quick, quick question, please. Yeah. Can you expound, or you want yeah. to save it for later as to why it doesn't hit the same as it used to? Or you want to wait? I don't. I don't know. I mean, we could. I could kind of get into it now. I I don't know. I I don't really have a great answer for you. I think, um. It uh, it is still I still love it, but it's not like it's like someone I used to love. Like I still care <laughs> about it, but I yeah. don't have that burning passion for it anymore. 
Um, and I don't know why, and maybe it'll, it maybe that will present itself as we talk about it. Um, I don't, I still loved watching it this weekend, but something about it just didn't hit the same as the kids say. All right. Fair enough. Overall impressions for you guys, or, you know, I mean, kind of went into it a little bit already, but Robbie, do you want to start with yours? Yeah, sure. So I, um, I was blown away by this movie. I I um I love this movie so much. Um, it has everything that I love, all the themes that I love about life, family, family drama, the effects of uh, you know, of siblings or the effects of you know, <clears throat> families on, and each individual person within the family. Um, it was a dark movie, but yeah. it was filled with such sharp dialogue and you know beautiful direction that it almost you know didn't come across as dark but you could see the undertones of what the movie was kind of about um like i said i love the way it kind of shaped royal tenenbaum gene hackman's character as kind of the reason why this family is the way it is but you can also see it in the kids uh as young prodigies and, you know, how they got things, I guess, how they did certain things and, and some accomplishments they, they had early on in their life. And now that they're older, you know, they're they're kind of involved with depression and things like that because, you know, they're not where they want to be or, you know, they're not as successful as they were in their childhood. But again, I just, the things about the Wes, Wes Anderson movies that I love is is the dialogue, is the way it's directed, is the the music within the movie i mean some of these scenes i mean i don't know i just i just love his direction just the the colors and and the set pieces and just everything about it i look like the way scenes are shot like wide angles not really up close you get to see everything everything's such so meticulous to detail so much attention attention to detail in every single scene that i just was blown away by it i just thought every single character brought their a game I thought that dialogue was fantastic. And I don't know. I just loved everything about it. I really did. I I didn't think I was going to like it. But by the end of this movie, I was blown away by how much I enjoyed it. That's awesome. And I, I just, what you said, Anderson's attention to detail. Like, if you look at the shot, you know, it's maybe two characters, but the margins of the shot are so yeah. meticulous. It's like amazing. I I love that about him. Uh, all his movies are like that where like you can tell that he has a set and he it's not just like, yeah, it looks good. He's it, it's almost like he's going over every inch or, or a set designer. Somebody on his team is amazing. Sorry. Yeah. Ben. No, I'm sorry. I just and that's what I'm saying. I just love it because there's some scenes in his movies, and especially this movie, where it's just a big wide shot. But you're you're focused on. The, like one of the characters and like there's so much going on in the background whether it's just random people walking in the street and even quickly like the shot with um gene hackman and angelica houston where like he tells her he's got like six weeks to live and they never give you he never gives you a close-up it's just a wide shot yeah and it kind of and, and like she walks out of the picture and it still focuses on like gene hackman and it just sits there and you can you get so much out of it without having that close-up like so many emotions within that scene I don't know. I was just blown away by, by his direction in this movie. 
Nice. To me, I love hearing that from you, Robbie. I love that, like how much you love it. There was just for me, it's like something was missing, and I don't know what it was. Like, I by no means did I think it was bad. By no means did I not like it. By no means, like you know, we're gonna go over this throughout the whole thing. But like, soundtrack, awesome. Direction, awesome. Performances, awesome. Um, like you said, the direction, awesome. But I don't know if I'm just a slave to watching There Will Be Blood last week and just how much I frigging love that movie. Um, I thought this was good, but it just left me wanting a little bit more. And I don't know why I felt like that. Like it, it took me a long time to get to my score this week. And I couldn't pick out why it wasn't rated as highly as I, I think you guys are going to grade it. But I, I don't know. And, and, and I can't figure out what. I don't even want to say turn me off, but when the movie ended, I was like, that was good. But do I need to see it again? Eh, probably not. Did I enjoy it? Yeah. Was it was my balls blown off? No, they're still here, thankfully. I mean, the, <laughs> the little the little seedlings that have grown back after there there will be blood are still here. And I don't like I hate that I'm compa- not comparing the two, but I'm letting that movie sit in my head because I mean, Robbie, you know, even you said this weekend, like you're still thinking about there will be blood. Uh, And I kind of feel that way, too. Like, I'm just on such a high from that movie. You know, I wish I wish almost wish that this wasn't the next movie we watched. I almost we had like a um, a comedy palate cleanser or something like that, because I don't know, maybe just there will be blood hit so hard for me that maybe my my scale is shaking now and maybe what i want from a movie is a little bit different but all that being said i definitely enjoyed it and there was nothing i could pick out and say that this ruined the movie this didn't make sense it was still a very very good movie and that's that's how i feel about it yeah yeah maybe doing the anderson back-to-back jack you know last week and this week is there another anderson director we can do next week i don't know Louis Anderson, did he direct something? <laughs> Is it up there? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I love hearing both of those uh, assessments from both of you, and yeah, it's I as you guys were talking, I think what miss is missing for me, and why I don't. Again, my score is going to reflect that I love this movie. But what I think is missing for me personally is that I'm not like a sad boy right now. Like when I was early 20s, I was pretty much like permanently depressed. And parts of this movie just hit so hard for me and made me like connect with with it so well. Um, And as an older person, person i i connect with it differently but it doesn't have that same like for me emotional like um gravity to it that i'm just like so attracted to um i don't know maybe maybe i'll figure it out more as we go on but that's kind of what i was thinking while you guys were talking i i feel like too like i super appreciate wes anderson and he's like showing off uh, and i'm sure the rest of his movies are like this too he's showing off but he's not it all works and that's the difference i think between him and like i don't really care for adam mckay too much 
Like, okay. I feel like he goes a little nuts with like, you know, I'm thinking about um, Vice, the movie about Dick Cheney, yeah. how there was just so many like graphics and like weird cutaways and weird angles and stuff like that, that after a while I was like, all right, dude, enough. Like, we get it. Like, you're different, you know, you know. And Wes Anderson is very much like I, I, I'd be interested to talk to Kenny about Wes Anderson, because I feel like all the things that Wes Anderson does is like the rules of cinema, but he just does them beautifully the way, and, he wants. you know, yeah, like rule of thirds, you know, all these different like theories of of shooting. And that's what you're getting into Robbie's point about, like, just the way things hang in the frame or they're shot like wide style. You know, I'd be interested in a lot of that kind of theory. You saying that me and Robbie aren't good enough for you? Well, someone's got a dollar fifty education from Temple University, <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't us. Yeah, and I, uh, I know. So I know Robbie saw Grand Budapest. Did either one of you see any of his other films at all? I think this is the first one. Wow, Robbie, oh, that was it for me. Okay, I mean. I'd love at a certain point, and I don't know if we'll do it on the show, who knows, but I feel like when you watch his entire body of work, like there's so much that connects, but there's also so much that's distinctive about either, I don't want to say each movie, because I feel like there's some groupings, like Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, and Royal Tenenbaums, I feel like are his like early albums that are coming from his experiences his childhood his traumas and whatever um and then after he kind of lets that all out then he's kind of free to experiment now there's still some you can tell some personal feelings in like life aquatic and um grand budapest and moonrise kingdom and a couple others um but i feel like that's more those movies as he's been going on uh, darjean limited also has a lot of family stuff in it and whatever but as these movies are going on it's more about like making films than it is about sharing uh his life experience not to say that again that these newer movies don't have um personal experiences from him and i you know wes i know you're listening like come on and contradict me um but -hmm. that's kind of how i see it like like almost like a musician the early albums are their personal albums and then it kind of goes into their artistry. Um, yeah. But no, I'd love, I'd love for you guys. Maybe we'll do another Wes Anderson week. Cause there's plenty of good movies. Um, but if not, you know, there's definitely, I'd say like grand Budapest, Rushmore, um, moonrise kingdom, and even Darjeeling, Darjeeling, um, are worth and life aquatic are definitely worth watching. But anyway, yeah. I'm sorry for going on so long. No, I mean, we've got at least 10 more years of this podcast to fill. So I'm, right. sure, I'm sure he'll come back up. Yeah. Uh, I saw French French Dispatch. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I didn't love that. And I think, Robbie, you said you didn't love it either. Like there was parts no. that you were kind of like, all right, that's cool. Like it's Wes Anderson. Yeah. Um, there were some but, parts where I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. I can be without this. Yeah. I feel like I want to watch it again. Because maybe I'll have a different opinion. I don't know. Whatever. Um, all right. Um, should we do some plum scales? Some plum readings? Yeah, let's do it. Please. Would anyone like to go first? I'll, I'll go first because I don't want to be like affected by your guys' score. Okay. 
Um, so like I said, I was having a really hard time with this. And the fact that I was like, I wanted, I felt bad not giving it over a nine because like I said, I, you know, all the things were there for me. Um, but for some reason, like I, I liked it, but I didn't, I wasn't like in love with it. So I ended up landing on 8.6. Um, still, I think it was a pretty good score, but the one thing I wanted to do and i didn't because it would have affected my score was go back and look at my other scores compared to this one because i didn't want that to affect it i just felt like 8.6 was a score for me so I, I stuck with it and if it lands weird in my rankings maybe i'll you know i'll revisit it at the end of the year fair good is that your favorite two-digit number eight six 1986 mets won the world series i came out Listen, it all adds <laughs> up. <laughs> um, Robbie, would you like to go or you want me to go? Sure, I can go. As for as for me, I can rewatch this movie over and over again. Um, like I said, the themes of this movie um really hit home for me. It's uh it's something that I feel like everybody faces. Maybe some people don't like to talk about it or keep that stuff private in their lives, but I feel like every family, I mean I don't think they're as messed up as the uh, you know Targaryens or the Tenenbaums, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like everybody deals with that. I feel like everybody has that that generational trauma where you know it takes them um, a bit to to kind of break free from that, or it affects the way they they live their lives and, and things like that. So I I really appreciate the theme of this movie and you know how he laid it out, and I'm sure there is some some underlying tones of his upbringing. I believe he is a child of divorce. I, I I don't know. Maybe I think the and Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson as well. I'm not sure. But like I said, maybe I'm just, you know, inside of me, just some art deco kid from the Upper West Side that wishes that he can can shoot a movie like this and has that creativity um to film a movie like this. I mean, there's some I will talk about it in favorite scenes, but there's some there's some scenes in this movie that I just thought were phenomenal with the with the music and the way it was shot. I I mean I think the dialogue is is fantastic. So I guess you know, in another life, would I love to be a Wes Anderson? Of course. I think I think his creativity is fantastic. As far as um, you know, plums go, you know, I can't be giving tens around every fucking single week. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was I was on the fence. I think this is a, a a fantastic movie. I have to watch more of his movies. And I have to watch Grand Budapest because this might be my favorite movie of his. Um, so I'm going to go to 9.4. Nice. And listen, I'm not the press or anything like that. I just, I just like movies and I, and I, and I <laughs> like, like to show my emotions. So it is what it is. I, lo I love these themes and Hey, I'm a man. I pay my taxes. I can have my fucking opinions. That's right. <laughs> Did, I have a quick question before I give my score. Did either one of you tear up at all? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I teared up. I teared up um, with Ben Stiller's line, uh, and I teared up. I teared I got up even more. Just thinking uh, about it, I teared up. I I thought the ending was in the in the in the ambulance was was beautiful. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I it was so emotional to me. Agree, hundred percent agree. That that especially that Ben Stiller line gets me. Like oh, oh my I god, bumps right now. Like gets me every time. No matter how and many like you, times I watch it. And like you say, like, okay, maybe 25-year-old you 
viewed that differently at, yeah. uh, compared to, you know, 29 year old you right now. But, uh, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> but I feel like you can, even if I watch this at, at 40 or if I watch it at 60, that line is always going to stay with me because there's always a period in your life where you have a difficult year. Yes. And it doesn't matter that, that that's what I love about these movies. Like that brings me back like, fuck yeah, I did have a difficult year, Yeah, you know, previously, but you get through it. But you know, that's what family's for and that's what friends are for. And, and that's why it's such a powerful, it, like that whole, that whole four or five words, you know, that m- whole movie led up to that specific scene and it nailed it. Yeah. Um, and we might talk about this more later, but it made it so much more powerful based on his character. The entire movie was just so fucking hard and so mad at his father. And then at the end, just, you know, completely vulnerable and you could, you know, he needs his dad. He, he, he's emotional. Like he's had a tough, he's had a rough year. Yeah. He's mad at his dad and he's mad at the world because what happened to his wife and shit yeah. like that. So yeah. Who, as we know, was a terribly attractive woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, But anyway, so I'm going to give this a 9.3. Um, and I don't know. I, I probably would have rated it a little higher. Like I said, when I was younger, Um, I still really love this film. And I feel like I, I don't want to keep making this comparison, but I almost kind of feel like with him and maybe it's because I've seen every single one of his movies, whereas there's some directors out there I haven't. I really see this as almost like a musician where each movie is an album and like I just like love some of them during certain periods of my life. There's songs I'll cherry pick out of you know each album that i'll be like well no that's you know that's my top or whatever but then it it changes as i change um i i really really love this movie and i love a lot of his movies um but yeah just like i said before it hit a little different uh this time around and i hadn't watched this movie in uh, a couple years maybe three to five years something like that but I wasn't watching it like with a critical eye in any way. I was just watching it cause I love it. Um, so it was, it was kind of weird when I turned it off. I was like, huh, that feels weird. Like I don't have that same feeling, but no, I love this movie for a lot of the reasons you guys said. Um, and I'm super, I'm so happy that Robbie, that you loved it and that Benny, I know it didn't hit as hard for you, but that you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, definitely. I was, I was a lit like, I just, I thought maybe one or more or both of you might have watched it and been like, what the, f-? like, come on. Like, this is so cool. Like, the, you know, it's a, <laughs> like everyone's such a hipster doofus in this movie. Yeah. Um, But all right, good. Awesome. Um, Should we do favorite characters? Let's do it. All right. Robbie, do you want to start? Sure. Please. I don't want anyone to steal your pick. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> it's hard of that shit. Uh yeah, I'm gonna go with uh World Tenenbaum as my nice. favorite character. I think Gene Hackman fucking destroyed this movie. I think he acted circles around everybody in this movie, and I think there was a ton of great acting in this movie. I mean, it this his conniving 
slimy personality. I just love. <laughs> and like and like I've said it previously, you know, I'm a sucker for the the hardened character, the kind of scumbaggy character in the beginning of the movie, and then over the course of the movie, you know, turns into a softy or realizes the mistakes that he's made. And he does. I mean, fucking just a fantastic performance with just take it, just sucking down the Tic Tacs and making with Tenny had stomach cancer. I know it's not fucking, I know it's not a funny thing, but I mean, just, just doing it because he didn't want his wife to, to marry um, Danny Glover's character was, was funny to me. And, you know, over the course of the movie, you understand that, you know, he messed up and he wasn't a, wasn't a great parent. And I'm sure those, you know, those, the, those things had an effect on the kids. And I'm sure he realized that because he could see, you know, how the kids were acting out even as adults. But I mean, I thought it was a, a fantastic performance. And like you say it now, but I, I really couldn't see anybody else play that, that character because he played it so well. And uh, yeah. So Royal Tenenbaum, even though he was a little scumbaggy, you know, he came in, he came through at the end and uh, redeemed himself. And, and that's what I loved about it. Fun fact about Gene Hackman is he was a piece of shit on this set. I don't know if you saw really? that. Yeah. I heard about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, well, so the story goes that he wanted, he was towards the end of his career. He wanted like a, a nice, easy, fun film to do. And apparently it, it was a little more grueling than expected. And he, you know, got in, you know, didn't like Wes Anderson uh, or was giving him shit about it. And apparently Bill Murray had to kind of like be like the mediator and tell Gene Hackman to shut the fuck up um, a few times. So very interesting. It's it's it crazy. because Sorry, Robbie. It's crazy. But like, it's crazy to think that he was that much of a prick on the set and like gave this amazing performance and right? like still was was all in on it. So yeah. it, it's wild hearing that. What were you going to say, Rob? Uh, what was I going to say? Um yeah, supposedly so uh Wes Anderson wrote Royal Tenenbaum for with Gene Hackman in mind. And like he mentioned to, to Gene Hackman or somebody, and Gene Hackman got pissed. Like you you know, I hate when people do that. Don't don't write, you know, for me. You don't know what I think or how I feel and things like that. So I don't know, but his but his agent kept on telling him to do the movie and he won a golden globe for it. So take a fucking yeah. seat, Gene Hackman, you old bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um but as I think I think I don't remember specifics, but I think in general, Gene Hackman was kind of a prick, um, like maybe on the set of Hoosiers. I don't know. But other fun fact, who was almost cast in that role? You had said, Robbie, you couldn't imagine anyone else doing it. Another Gene. Mm -hmm. Mean Gene. No, Gene Wilder. Say Gene Okerlund. Yeah. Uh, Gene Wilder. <laughs> Wow, that, that would have been, been interesting. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Holy, I miss Gene Wilder so much. I love him. Um, but yeah, uh, Benny, would you like to go with your favorite character? I will defer to you because I have a tie, and if you break it, I'll just put the one person. Oh, man, it's it's really hard, and you having a tie is maybe appropriate, um, because. No matter who I pick here, I'm gonna be happy about it, and we're gonna have like Ani mentions for every single person in this cast. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with Richie. Um, 
I I I definitely felt like I was saying before when I was younger, I had a uh and this might be a little telling, but I felt like a a, a strong connection with him with how he was feeling, but also I loved like and I still love like his warmth, even though he tried to kill himself. Um, he just seemed like a good person, like he, maybe even a little too good, like almost like a little soft um, at times. Um, but I just I love everything about him. The fact that he's like or was a champion tennis player, the bomber, <laughs> like so funny. <laughs> um, and then, he, you know, he's on a fucking ship for a year and then he comes back and it's just, you know, um, love Richie I, again. I love a lot of the characters, so I kind of just picked him by default, um, mainly because I dressed as him one year for Halloween and I tried to find pictures, but I was unsuccessful. Wow, that could have been our post. That, I know that I did been it the, good too. I had that would have t- been the plums post, like just you instead of <laughs> right. I had the tan blazer with the with the feel of shirt underneath with the headband. Um, and I put bandages on my wrists, <laughs> like all fake blood everywhere. That <laughs> oh, was good. What a costume. Shout out uh, Chrissy, because that was a Halloween party at her house in 2002 or something or whatever it was. I wonder if Phil's got pictures somewhere. Maybe. I was going to say, anyone listening that has pictures, please send them to me first so I can vet them. And then <laughs> maybe we'll put them up. Um, so, uh, Benny, go ahead. Yeah, my my favorite character is, is a tie. And I did, I felt like I'm leaving some people on the table here, but we have any mentions for that. But my tie is uh, Margot and Henry. Nice. Like, for some reason, like, those were the two people in the movie that, like, I just thought gave two of the best performances. I was invested in their characters. Wow. Um, Danny Glover, I mean, come on, please. He was fantastic. <laughs> Just the scene where where it's him and Royal in the kitchen. Oh, it's just so good. Oh, good. Um, I mean, I'm not a Gwyneth Paltrow fan by oh. a long shot, but again, like, I don't know if it's just Wes Anderson, but the fact that he gets all these people to buy in and like give their heart into these like amazing characters is just fantastic. And you know, I loved seeing a different side of Gwyneth Paltrow and like. Like I said, she's just, just all in on it. Um, the emo, sick smoking uh, girl in the tub for half the movie. But yeah, those are those are the two I connected with the most, and I enjoyed their performances probably the most. How bad did you guys want to smoke a cigarette watching this movie? Oh my god, please! I was fiending. <laughs> I smoked, yeah, I smoked. I smoked fucking ten in the room watching it. <laughs> Everyone's just ripping darts the whole time. Um. Robbie, Ani Menches, good picks, uh, Benny. That I love both of them, and I think my dislike of Gwyneth Paltrow now is because of who she is now, not yeah. who she was. Because she was in some good movies. I Sorry, agree. Robbie. Yeah, I probably uh, think this is her best performance. Um, I'm not like I said, I'm not a big Gwyneth Paltrow fan as well, but uh, I thought she was, I thought she was perfect in this movie. Um, Ani Menches. I have to go pagoda. My man just fucking crushed it when he fucking stabbed him with the uh the nail filer. I mean, Son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, he tried killing him back in the day. Um, it was a hit out for for Royal Tenenbaum, and Pagoda was was the one that was the assassin. But he just stuck with him through and through. 
I loved it. Even though he wanted it, even though he stabbed him with that little nail file, he, you know, he still stuck with him throughout the uh, entire movie. So, Pagoda, you're my main man. It's the last time you put a knife in me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'll give one. Um, but it's 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 fucking everybody. Um, Benny, why don't you go? Because I'm just gonna name everyone else. All right, I'll name just two quick ones then. And right. one is Angelica Houston. I mean, yep. awesome, like crushed awesome. it. Um, you know, we don't have to go too deep because I'm sure we will during the scenes. Uh, but she was great. And then my other one, just for the LOLs, but I really did like his character was Dusty. Like, yeah. Dusty's the best. <laughs> that, that, that's that's the kind of guy that every time he pops up in a movie or a TV show or something, like there's something about his voice and just the way the he, yeah, it was, you know, aligned with with royal i just thought he was a funny character and uh yeah i enjoyed his performance too yeah no he was good and he's in um he's also in rushmore um and he's i mean he's in a ton of stuff but yeah i agree with that like his voice and just everything about him but every everybody in this movie ben stiller fantastic owen wilson fantastic bill murray fantastic like Alec Baldwin is the narrator. Fantastic. Um, even the kids, Ari and Uzi, love everybody. Even Dudley. I'll give it up. Dudley gets an Ani Mensch. <laughs> oh, Dudley was fantastic. Everybody gets one. <laughs> Can he tell time? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, and least faves. Yeah, least faves. Let's do least faves. Um, it's gonna be tough. Anyone have? Oh wait, who uh who went last? Benny. I did. Yeah. So least faves. I mean, this is a movie just like last week. Like, who do you pick? They're like nobody. There's nobody that was bad in this movie. No bad acting. No bad characters. I guess I'll give it to the only person was the Asian masseuse, just because she didn't have any lines. So <laughs> there you go. Like that, that, that would be it because, you know, everybody else, like even Dudley, who's like the, this blumble, bubbling idiot. Um, there's no one you can give it to. So I'll give it to her just cause she didn't have any lines and she probably would have killed it and knocked it out of the park if she did. Probably. Um, I'm looking for the guy's name and Don't. I agree with you. There's basically nobody. Um, but I'm going to give it to, I can't find him, but the guy that was, um, interviewing Eli or interviewing Owen Wilson, um, and just like, seemed like a smug son of a bitch. And then there's that <laughs> montage, um, of, uh, Margo's life and you see him in there just like, just oh, yeah. <laughs> blatantly, I mean, copping I don't say assaulting her, but copping a feel. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with that guy. And I think I'm pretty sure that he's an actual like reporter, but, and I think he's a piece of shit, but um, yeah, here we go. Larry Pine, it's Peter Bradley. I don't look him up while Robbie goes. I think you're thinking of Charlie Rose. Oh, is that who I'm thinking of? Charlie Rose is a piece of shit. Is that who I'm thinking of? Okay. Yeah, he does like one of those. He was like on CBS. He did the, the, one of those weird 
uh like actor interview type shows where just him and the guys like a round table like a dark room like a black like a black draped room yeah that's how but I'm he like sex yeah he like sexually assaulted a, a bunch of people uh okay so the maybe he's like kind of he's like based on him or something yeah okay all right thank you see robbie this is why you're in my life yeah, you almost slammed um larry pine for no reason for no reason <laughs> poor larry so, larry yeah. if you're listening sorry, sorry. also christ come on the show yeah well i mean i can't really find anybody and ryan stole my pick but i'm gonna just pick the same person i'm gonna yeah. pick peter bradley for groping margo um during one of her uh you know floozy stages in her life you don't you know you just start grabbing titties unless you know somebody tells you you can grab some titties <laughs> so uh yeah. she was into it though I'm not victim shaming, like but she no, she, she was. was. Definitely she was, and I I really couldn't find anybody back. I thought everybody was was awesome in this movie, and I thought everybody brought their a a game and delivered their dialogue in such a such a unique and and uh, well pleasant way. So I enjoyed everybody. So I can't I can't shit on anybody except for, so I'll just go with the uh, the sexual assault uh, allegedly according to Benny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with I mean, Peter Bradley. It, she it, liked it. She didn't smack his hand. No, she was. That was probably the few yeah, times in the movie we so. saw her smile. Yeah, yeah. It really feels like every character was written for each one of these actors. I don't know if they made adjustments after the fact, like when they casted the person, but it re- like you really can't see anybody playing any of these. You know, any other person playing any of these characters because they all just nail it a hundred percent. Well, I mean, look at like Owen and Luke were part of the process. Like they're all f- friends. Like they, they. I don't know if you know the backstory, but they're they met in college. Um, Wes Anderson and the Wilson family, I guess. Um, so you, you're probably right. And I think I read that a couple of the characters' roles were expanded, like after they were cast. Um, so you're probably onto something there. I think you're right. Me. Look at you. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us. Um, all right. Do you want to do least or favorite scene? Let's do least because I think it's going to be another one where we really don't have much. And yeah. then we can finish strong with favorites. True. All right. Well, since you picked, then you get to go first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> least favorite scene. I would say just because of the ick it gave me was... Um, Richie cutting his wrists because it, it was definitely like, you know, we all know my history with blood. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a little, little too real for me. I thought when you first get the shot of his arms, that it was like just him imagining it because he said, I'm going to kill myself tomorrow. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, vital to the movie, but just because of all the blood and, and the images that it gave, that's the only reason I say it's my least. Fair. Robbie, would you like to go? Yeah, I I didn't have a least favorite scene. Uh, I thought every scene was phenomenally done, but I will just go with maybe um the scene between Royal and what the hell is Danny Glover's character's name? Sorry, Henry Sherman. Henry. Yeah, so Royal and Henry in the kitchen when Royal calls him Coltrane, I might have to uh, just chill with that a little bit. That's a little bit on the uh, um, little little tinge of schism, as the as the as the <laughs> kids say from from Royal. So yeah, I mean, 
I get it. You know, I'm sure a lot of people listen, uh, watching it now probably up in arms about it, but uh, I'll go with that as my least first scene, even though I understand it. But, you know, you don't have to call him Coltrane, even though Coltrane's <laughs> a fantastic jazz musician, but still. Yeah, could have called him a worse a worse person, I guess. Yeah, he could have called Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's funny because I think Benny mentioned that earlier, and I agree, like, that's while that's a, a little bit cringy, it's also a great scene at the same time. Um, so, but you're right. There's like, it's hard to pick. I'm going to go also very similar to Robbie. Like I can't really pick much. I'm just going to go with Buckley dying because that's upsetting. Uh, Mm -hmm. when Owen Wilson ran him over, um, I mean, there's so many like good parts and funny parts. Like he's wearing the fucking face paint, like a psycho. (laughs) (laughs) Um, did I? Did I run over the dog? <laughs> wow. Um, wow. Wow. Um, so I guess I'll just go with that just because, you know, Buckley is, uh, that was upsetting seeing him die. Yeah. And they left poor Buckley in the hotel the and they ran there when they, when they ran there a little like um, evacuation drill. Yeah, that's true. So nobody cared about Buckley. Yeah. It's fucked up. That, that, that dog survived the plane crash. Yeah, he did. Um, all right. So favorite scenes. Shit, I have to go first, don't I? Mm-hmm. Um damn it. It's so hard to pick. Um I think I'm gonna steal someone's pick right now. And I I'm having trouble picking, but I'm gonna go with the scene where Royal takes the kids out on the town and Julio down by the schoolyard is playing and they're just, <laughs> awesome. you know, dog fights, riding garbage trucks, go-karts, stealing, like all the stuff that, you know, these two children have never been able to do. Um, and I just, I love the music uh, accompaniment and I'm sure I'm going to get mad when you guys name other scenes and I'll say, damn it, I should have picked that. <laughs> the pressure of the number one pick. Oh, so hard. I mean, do you guys, do you guys come in here with like specifics or do you think about your favorite scene? Like as it comes to you kind of, as it comes to me, just because I know whatever I think is going to get stolen anyway. So sure. I just think on my toes a little bit. Same. Oh, I have fucking, I have my notes at nice. And then I have a Microsoft Word note nice. as well. And a legal See, pad. Do you I'm, take, duly, I'm extremely prepared. Are you taking notes during the movie? Yeah. See, that's what like, I don't want to say, I don't get mad at Aya when she talks during the movie, but I'm like, I'm focusing, just leave me. So, cause I don't want to, maybe just cause I have ADD and if I start typing, I know I'm going to miss stuff, but maybe I got to try to do something while I'm watching the movie. I'll Shifting pause some scenes. Mode. Yeah, I'll pause, pause some scenes. Yeah. Or if I, I know if I enjoy that scene, I'll just pause it real quick and write a quick couple of notes down and just jot some bullet points. That's why you're but the best. I'm an I'm an anal fucking lunatic, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so yeah. as you as you saw by my meticulous fifteen to twenty page legal pad uh, notebook that I had for our our best songs. Oh, that was great. I used to take <laughs> notes for House of the Dragon, um, but I feel like that was because I never saw it before. Whereas this, like Royal Tenenbaums, I've seen like 20 times or something. Yeah. Yeah. But all right. Anyway, who's next? 
Go ahead, Rob. Um, there's so many. There, there really is. I have so many scenes written down. Um, uh, Ryan, that one with uh, Royal and uh, Chaz's kids, I loved. Just, just, I just love. I love when a scene is playing right and it's happening, and then it cuts right into like a, a, a music montage. <laughs> I just, I think that's one of the greatest things. I love it so much. I get so excited about that stuff. Um, I love how I'm sorry to cut you off, but like how that music like came in because it was like they were talking about doing it and it was just like you could hear it like low in the background and it just gets a little louder and a little louder. And then it's just like, oh, they're out on the town. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a a favorite scene in this movie, but I don't want people to call like a psych ward. So I'll leave it for an Ani Mensch. What no, should I just it. say? Do it. Say it. I almost picked it as well. I thought that the suicide attempt and it's not one of my, it's not like a favorite scene it was done I very just, well i just thought it was done extremely well it's just elliot smith neil and the hey ryan you oh, picked that you picked that song the best as one and um i think you picked it for our 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 little like going gray thing that we did did i pick needle in the hay oh i think you might have mentioned it i don't know if you picked it but you mentioned because i i took elliot smith from goodwill hunting and i think you said he had another good song tenenbaums Yes, that's probably it. Yeah. I mean, amazing. And he's maybe killed himself as well, but there's a little bit there that he may not have. But anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I just thought it was I just thought it was amazingly shot. Phenomenal. Nothing needed to be said. Nothing needed to be said. Just the song carried that entire scene. It carried the emotion. It carried everything. You see the expression. I mean, I think Luke Wilson did a fantastic job in that scene. I don't know what he was doing, really. I just thought he was losing it. I didn't think he was going to try to kill himself. But then, only as like Wes Anderson does, that was just shot so well and so great and a perfect you know, music choice. But then it just, it, you know, what's his name? Dudley finds him, and then it cuts right into them rushing him into the into the hospital and he still has the fucking shaving cream on his face yeah, in yeah, the, when they're wailing yeah. him. <laughs> I was dying laughing. You know, uh, Bill Murray's got the blood everywhere. And then it, it, it led to a fucking hilarious, I mean, exchange between uh, Richie and, and Chaz. When, yeah. And I have it up and Chaz asks him, why'd you try to kill yourself? And then Ethel goes, don't press him right now. And then Richie goes, I wrote a suicide note. And he goes, you did? <laughs> He goes, yeah, right after he goes, right after I regained consciousness. <laughs> like, can we, can we read it? And he goes, no. Can you paraphrase it for us? Uh, I don't think so. And Chaz goes, is it dark? And Richie goes, of course it's dark. It's a suicide note. <laughs> yeah. And then he, then he signs himself out of the hospital and leaves. Yeah. So, well, it is sad and it goes to show you what Richie was going through and, you know, how terrible he felt inside that he was willing to kill himself. It's a, it's a, I understand the scene, the, the dynamic of the scene, but the way it was shot and, and what it evolved into was just, was just fantastic. Yeah. Agree. And I love the scene immediately after that, when it's Bill Murray goes to Gwyneth Paltrow, may I have a cigarette please? And then, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, you made a cuckold out of me and he just walks out, <laughs> but then she just lights a cigarette in a hospital and, uh, Angelica Hughes is like, how long have you been smoking? She's like, 40 years. <laughs> I think you should stop. 
And that's, I mean, even that line where you said, um, you know, he says, can you paraphrase? And he says, no, I don't think I can. Yeah. That like the dialogue is just so good. And, you know, I think of like, uh, even when Alec Baldwin is narrator, excuse me, narrating, and he's like, just some of the way he says some of the words, like, you know, the fancy way where he's talking about the finances yeah. <laughs> and not the finances. Like, that's what, that's what I miss in, in Tarantino sometimes is like, he tries to make the dialogue a little more witty uh, than he should at some points. Whereas I feel like all the witticisms and like making the, the dialogue smarter or the way people say things in this movie, like it always hit. The dialogue was always on point in this movie. Agree. Yeah, he just has a way. He just has a way of like turning dark humor, dark situations into, you know, not seeing it so dark. Whereas like Tarantino, it's it would always like so so scenes that he that are dark in Tarantino movies are always going to be dark. So yeah, I feel like like that's what I like the most about like specific Wes Anderson movies. Uh, my mean, favorite how, scene. Go ahead. I was just going to say quick, like how many, not just this scene, but several scenes, like the scene I mentioned before with Buckley getting run over this comedic elements in that this comedic elements in Royals death. Um, you know, the fucking gravestone died heroically saving his family from a sinking battleship. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. This suicide scene, like just, yeah, I, I agree. I love finding humor in any situation and it's not for everyone um but i definitely love it um so good point robbie my favorite scene was robbie had mentioned it pre- previously was um he loves a come up or a, a redemption so i'm gonna go stick with that and say that my favorite scene was the montage not necessarily montage because there was dialogue but uh, Royal going around and like doing a good deed for everybody at the end of the movie that ends up with uh, him serving the, the divorce papers to um, Ethel. And I just love the heart in that. And it, it, you know, really tied the movie together in a way and left you with a good feeling. Um, so yeah, I really appreciated that part of the movie. And it, like that's what, whereas the movie just kind of felt like I said earlier, where it was like not necessarily showing off, but there was so many things going on and it just felt like, Oh, this is a cool scene. We're going to move to this cool scene. And that scene just tied the movie together. And it was like the quote unquote lesson of the movie. And I just really liked it. And it, you know, it left a little warm spot in your heart. Okay. We got most of that. I think, I think we did. Yeah. It's a little, a little jumbly, but whatever. That's fine. We're not winning awards for fucking sound editing. I don't know why it was even, yeah, you're you're breaking up again, Benny. Maybe turn. <laughs> yeah, your... I'm gonna turn off my video for a bit. Yeah. Ah, uh, see, now you're perfect. Um. So did right. everyone? Perfect because you can't see me. Stop <laughs> it. You you go. I just stop. <laughs> you beautiful. Cut the shit. Yeah. Um. Any who has some Ani Menches? I have an Ani Mensch. Yeah, please um, go ahead. The yeah, the opening prologue. Uh, awesome, amazing. Um, I just love a nice little. I don't know, just just the way he shoots, like almost like chapters of a book. Like he had the book out, obviously. I love that. And then Alec Bowen's narrating the whole thing, and you're getting introduced to to every character, and he's telling you every single backstory about the character. You're talking about Margot, how she's like an award winning playwright. Um, Richie, how he's a uh, you know an award winning tennis player, and how Chaz is just this financial wizard. And you know, you get the. <clears throat> 
um, we're all talking about the talking to the kids about about getting a divorce uh, <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, I just love it. And then you know you slowly have the the Hey Jude in the background, and then that builds uh, when uh, Richie lets Mordecai fly off into the uh, into the wilderness over there in the city, overlooking the city. I I mean I just love that opening prologue. It was so great, and then having you know Hey Jude play off in the background as Mordecai Mordecai flies away, and then you get the introduction to to every actor and what character they're playing. Uh, I thought it was perfectly done and really, really, really got me going to, to want to watch that movie. Nice. Um, I'll jump in with one. Um, again, there's so many, but I love, I've always loved the scene when Richie gets, gets back from being on the ocean liner and Margo steps off the bus and it goes in slow motion and the song's playing and it just like you can tell I know in his letter he said to Eli, you know, I think I'm in love with Margo. But like in that moment, you were just like, oh, yeah, he's deeply in love with this woman. Um, but it was just so beautifully shot. Um, you know, I don't know. And I, and I love this doesn't really fit in really any of our segments, but I just love the. I guess fairy tale aspect of this movie because you know we're we're lucky enough that we either live in or near enough to the city that we've been there so many times and this is absolutely like a fictionalized fairy tale version of the city and it you know it almost comes off as like it's from the 70s but like if you you know it's in present day because Royal's tombstone reads 2001 as when he died so it's like this rich person's weird fairy tale version of the city with like fake locations and gypsy cabs and green line buses and like all this crazy shit. Like it's almost like they all are frozen in time. Um, and even the city around them is frozen in, in this like past, maybe when they were successful. Um, but I I love that about this movie. Yeah, I loved when the um, just how the bus pulled up. Yeah, I just I, something about how the, how we shot the way the bus pulled up, and the first time just obviously that was the first time you know watching that scene, but it was so beautiful. It it really was such a like just the way he shot that and the song coming in and the slow motion. It it was a beautiful scene and and it was one one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah, agree. Um, Benny, if you're still there, do you have uh, any Ani mentions? All right, I'm going to just do another one. I'll drop back. All right. Um, Robbie, do you have any off the top of your head? Or do you want me to? I do. I do. Yeah, please I go mean, ahead. I mean, the Margot montage with the, the Ramones. Oh, so good. Please. So no, fucking so awesome. Yeah. So awesome. And it just leads to the iconic line from bill murray and it's just like basically like he finds out everything she does and then he's like oh she smokes (laughs) (laughs) but the montage is so great it it, i mean i don't like dude and i like honestly like i wonder i'm so fascinated by maybe how many times like a, a director and you know whoever is helping him out like how they just go through 
like how many songs do they go through right like uh, until they find that but like how do you how do you know one. that that ramon song is going to just just hit the way it hits in, the, in that specific scene like you know what i'm saying i know uh, i i i agree i think he must go through it like it's playing in his mind that like um you know what his vision is of the scene and like we know from all the other movies we've watched like sometimes it's like a hassle for them to to like get the rights to that song so like imagine you have this perfect scene this perfect song and the artist is just like nah um and then you have to go back to the drawing board and i feel like there's times in movies where it almost seems like this song choice was like second the second option or third option or yeah. something and it's like doesn't it fit perfectly whereas in this film like he must have just scored the rights to everything he needed because everything fits so perfect um i agree i don't think that he they got the rights to i think uh, two rolling stone songs i don't know if there was two rolling stone song songs in this movie but then mm-hmm. he was like fuck it we're gonna play it in the movie but i don't think it's on a soundtrack but my Shazam was going ballistic last night. Nice. I mean, even that, even the ending with the Van Morrison song. I mean, that was a great yep. song to end it with as well. Yep. Just a, I mean, like I said, I, I, I love that song, I, by the way. Yeah. I find it so remarkable um, how they just pick out these songs. I, I, I it, I'm so, I, I'm not a jealous person or an envious person, but sometimes I do get envious as I'm so when envious. I, when I see somebody that's so extremely creative. And is able to intertwine things like music and and shots like like he doesn't like it just amazes me and I'm in, I'm in awe of it. I know it makes me. I actually was going to say this before when you were talking about his creativity. Like it it does make me envious or almost like a little upset that like someone in this world who is the same species as me. I mean, allegedly based on genetics, but like can be so supremely good at something and I'm so bad at everything, <laughs> you know, no. like I know, but you know, no, I mean. but you know, yeah, I know what you mean. It's yeah, crazy. Like how, you know, are talented, like artistic um, or oh, like he, he, athletes no. or whatever. Yeah. Look at this picture. Oh my goodness. No, you're right. It just, it, it's, it's like, I'll never get like, I'll never understand like, just somebody's born with that gift it it it's it's weird to me but like you said i mean i thought like this movie was great the way he shot it but the way he shoots like uh the grand budapest the colors yeah, and everything. everything like that he, it's just beautiful it's, just him. it's beautifully shot and yeah. even like the french french dispatch beautifully shot oh the yeah colors the colors are like i don't know it's it's weird I love it. Yeah, I definitely would love for you to watch some of his other films again. Like maybe we'll do it on the show. I don't know. Um, but there's a number of his films that are just so amazing. Even you know he has a couple of like animated ones, Isle of Dogs and um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and they're both so enjoyable. They're so good. Um, so I look forward to hearing what you think about those, whether we watch yeah. them on here or or wherever. Um. And just really quick and then we'll move on but besides the the songs that you're talking about and the song choices the fact that you're you know just so in like we're both so in awe of like the perfection of song choices but i think the same way about dialogue like like he when you're filming this like is this 
right off the page or are they workshopping like as they're doing? Because so much of the dialogue is so perfect and the word choice is perfect and the cadence and every, you know, the way they say it. Um, I, I just it amazes me that that people can make things like this. It's just it's I'm in awe of it. It's crazy. Yeah. And it amazes me because if you like watch his interviews or even just see him, you're like, this is the fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, like this is the guy that, that has this sharp dialogue and these great set pieces and this, in this fantastic direction. But it's like, yeah. <clears throat> and like, honestly, credit to, to Owen Wilson as well. Like for his writing in this movie, like there are people that, that say that, you know, some of Wes Anderson's greatest movies are movies that, you know, Owen Wilson has yeah. helped write. Yep. I think this was the last one. I Or there's one more after this, I think. I have to look. But I've heard that as well, Robbie, that like once yeah. him and Owen Wilson stopped writing together, that it cut, like it lost like a little bit of maybe heart, for lack of a better uh, phrase. But I agree. Benny, how's your computer? Hey, so my other computer uh, is not charging and it was at like oh. 2%. So I think that's why I was dropping off there. But um, yeah, my, I had a couple of mentions. If you guys had touched on them, you know, tell me to stop. But it, oh, it was any any narration of course, that was involved. It was almost like the precursor to the Ron Howard narration of Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah. Like I, for, uh, I wish I wrote it down, but it was one of them where... They were like, oh, I, I think this. And, the, you know, he came and he was like, it definitely was that or something, yeah. or something like that. Um, I mean, as soon as I heard it was Alec Baldwin, I was like, all right, let's go. Another great uh, addition to this movie. Um, but then, yeah, and, you know, we touched on it a little bit earlier is, you know, the the whole car crash scene and everything that came after that. And, you know, yep. Ben Stiller just kind of stole the show throughout that where I thought Ben Stiller was good in the whole movie, but people were constantly stealing the performance um and you know being the star of each each one of those scenes um you know he really took over towards the end of the movie there and especially like when he jumped over the wall and was just laying there um with owen wilson you know and he's like are you okay and he's like no i don't or i think i need help and i need help too yeah uh, and then you mentioned the scene between him and and gene hackman at the end there and the acknowledgement that yeah he he has not had a good time this last year and he's he's ready to accept that. Um, I just thought it was a great way to you know you know I mentioned before just how how well they put the bow on this movie and it's you know everything was in line with each other and it was the same the same story but it almost felt like one of those great Seinfeld episodes where everything just kind of converged and everything just tied up so neatly. And yeah, that's what that's what I really appreciate appreciated about the movie. Yeah, I forgot great. to say too, like that scene, the um, the wedding scene. I fucking laughed so hard when the priest when the <laughs> yeah. priest fell down the steps. I, <laughs> yeah. I, it was fucking hilarious. I could not <laughs> stop, like literally was laughing as hard as I've laughed so far, like watching any movie. Yeah, that's so good because like he, the way he falls initially, it looks like he's gonna tumble. But then the next scene, he's just like sliding down. Sliding. <laughs> yeah. And then, I love when Ben Stiller like just loses it in any movie because he, he does it so he does it so well. Yeah. Uh, he's good. He, you know, he's in a lot of 
I don't want to say stupid movies, but he's in some dumb movies. But he's in some really good movies. He's definitely done some good movies behind the camera as well. I mean, he's been doing that show that we love or that mo- some of us love, uh, Severance. Yeah. But he did Cable Guy. People give that movie shit, but I think it's fantastic. Um, and he's been in a bunch of good movies. Um. Anyway, any other Ani mentions? I feel like once we done re- when we're done recording, I'm going to be like, "Fuck, why didn't I mention that scene?" Should have said this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, so honestly, it, this is one of the, one, the movies that you could like throw a dart at the storyboard, and whatever it lands on, we could probably talk about for ten minutes. We probably should have oh. put all the scenes in that wheel that you used before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quickly, I know we touched on it, um, but a f- the few Danny Glover. I re- performances when he falls into the uh the, the yeah, ditch the, that was fucking hole. hilarious yeah and even when he finds out when they they catch uh royal in the lie with the oh, so and, and and the medicine such a great scene it really is and uh, uh you don't even... need three cheeseburgers a day <laughs> <laughs> like how do you know about stomach cancer it's like because yeah. my wife had it yeah. and even this even that same scene where ben stiller go and and royal chaz and royal go into the uh into oh. the closet the board game closet i yeah. fucking yeah. love that closet and he and you know royal for what he is knew how, how you know how much pain Chaz was in so that was I, think, and what, I, I think you're having a nervous breakdown <laughs> <laughs> and then even like again even even when uh eli they they come and do an intervention he's like just it's just you guys here and he goes, okay. It's like, give me a second. And he just fucking <laughs> escapes out the out the window. <laughs> and Pagoda, there he goes. <laughs> the, oh, I love the shots that he did, that Wes Anderson did with looking down on the street from the window, because that's 100% a, a city like view. You know, is looking yeah. down and seeing someone scurry up. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I know you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> And it so also just does the like raised hand. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. Uh, so good. Um, all right. Well, again, yeah, well, there's probably other scenes that we're leaving on the table, but that's okay. We all know how good it is. Um I don't know if we're gonna have much for the next segment, but is there anything you can think of to make this movie better? Hmm. Uh, I really got. I know. I don't have anything. I'm so I'm gonna keep it short. I, I don't have anything. I thought this movie was, uh, you know, like I said, the pacing, everything from start to finish was, was remarkable and brilliantly done. And I have no issues with this movie or can figure out any way to make it better. I thought it was is was perfect as is. Flew by, and I don't care. The time was great, and everything was everything was good about it. So nothing from me. I feel like you're gonna watch this again, like soon. Oh, I might watch it. I might call it shit, sick and just do a Wes Anderson day, like play hooky. You really should. I mean, I I I couldn't believe how much I love this movie when I when I when I was done with it. It's it's a it's a timeless classic to me now. It's yeah, my go to. It is. What it's my go to whenever uh you know whenever I need to to watch it. <laughs> 
the only thing the only yeah, thing that would make the, the movie better for me is you know i love alec baldwin so i would have wanted a prologue to the prologue where <laughs> alec baldwin comes sits down and reads his grandson this story his sick oh, grandson. Like princess bride <laughs> yeah so you get a little you get a little bit of alec baldwin in the movie or you know it's sneaking him into the actual movie at, at some point as a as a little bit character that shows up for just a second so that would be it for me. Okay, he, right, he just comes in and says to, to somebody, he's like, you want to smoke? You smoke? You want to smoke? What do you, you want to smoke? Go fuck yourself. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny, because if he said that, everyone has a cigarette. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody would have said yes. Yeah. Um. I Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have anything. The only thing I could think of is, and maybe just because whatever you think about him, I love fucking Bill Murray and I would have loved to have a little bit more Bill Murray in this movie. Now he's, he features a little in, in a lot of Wes Anderson movies. So Robbie, I'm excited for you to watch all those for the first time, but yeah, I'd I'd say that there's not much that I have, maybe just a little more Bill Murray because we could always use some more Bill Murray in our lives. Definitely. Fantastic. Um, I know that was a tough segment, but I do have a way that we can make this movie better. Tell me about it. It's called We Should Cast Matt Damon. <laughs> I forgot what yeah. I said last week. You said We Should Cast Matt Damon, you cocksuckers. Yeah, fuck you, you fucking cocksucker. <laughs> um, so yeah. What role a role that exists or does not exist, would you cast a young Handsome, virile Matt Damon. In Benny, would you me, like to go? Yeah, give me a strong, smart, uh, educated Matt Damon as one of Margot's lovers. Oh, and he's in the he's in the montage. Wow, They're right? at Harvard. There's a <laughs> there's a chalkboard behind him with a with an equation on it, and he can't figure it out until he gets a taste of Margot. And then you cut to him, turn around, and he solves the equation uh, just by, you know, getting a little bit of that Margot love. I love it. Fantastic. Robbie, would you like to go? Uh, yeah, give me a lean, mean math machine. <laughs> <laughs> equation driven. Love machine. Preteen. <laughs> lean mean still mean and still serene, mean. serene. drinking water Green. out of a can drinking water out of a canteen <laughs> matt damon as will tenenbaum oh uh, the fourth child of the tenenbaums not adopted a, a a blood a blood child as the math wizard who <laughs> is you know conflicted with how smart he is and doesn't know what to do and gets into constant trouble and finally shows up one day as a Nobel Prize winning Will Tenenbaum. A Fields Medal Will Tenenbaum. And he just shows up one day and causes, you know, comes back to shit on his dad, Royal, to tell him all the trauma that he's he's brought into his life and now how he can't continue to do math because Royal is, you know, messing his previous, you know, his, as a young child, he's messing with his life. So give me a young Matt Damon as Will Tenenbaum. The math genius of the family. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, 
I had I had a thought, but I'm actually gonna recast my recast. Give me a young, virile, mean, preteen Matt Damon as the grandson that Alec Baldwin reads to in the beginning of the movie. That is prologue. (laughs) Just let me set the scene for you. So we have Matt Damon. He's snuggling into his bed. He's a sick, sick day from school. He's playing video games. And then in walks Alec Baldwin. Sits down, opens up the book that we see in the in the actual prologue and starts reading. And by the end, Matt Damon realizes that it's actually uh, a book written by J.D. Salinger about the Glass family, because that's <laughs> that's what this movie is loosely based on. Did you guys read any Salinger at all? No. So just a quick, quick synopsis. Uh, Salinger wrote Catcher in the Rye. That's his most famous work. But he also wrote uh, a number of books about this family called the Glass family. And it was it's very, very similar to the Tenenbaums. Um, You know, I think uh, Wes Anderson took a little bit of inspiration from it. Um, But, you know, it's not exactly the same. Of course, he inserted his own probably uh, personal experiences and stuff like that. But um, that was also something I very much enjoyed when I was a young, lean depression machine. (laughs) (laughs) Just cranking out the depression. Oh, yeah. Um, so anything else that we need to talk about with this film, just in general, just in general, I'm excited to watch a couple more Wes Anderson's, um, Kenny has some strong opinions about him having like a very steep fall off. So him and I talked about that too. Like after Darjeeling limited, he's like, I don't even pretend they exist, but yeah, so I disagree with them. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see what he's talking about. So I'm excited for another Wes Anderson week. Yeah, I think we should. We definitely should. There's a there's a couple others we should we should definitely watch. Um, Robbie, any thoughts? No, I'm a, um I'm happy I watched it, and I'm I'm glad I enjoyed it as much as I did. So Me yeah. Too. Thank you for this podcast because if it wasn't for this podcast, I wouldn't I wouldn't have watched it probably. Don't you love when your friends love the things that you love? <laughs> yeah. I do. I just wish that the, the two of you would love the 49ers as much as I love the 49ers. I might I'm be sorry. in the market. I might be in the market for a new team. Oh boy. What's please don't after I after, after I saw what you did to Joe Burrow, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, thank you as always for joining, for listening to us. Please send us an email again. It's ltbwpodcast at gmail.com. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, let us know what we missed. There's definitely probably some scenes that might be your favorite that we missed because then we were doing a four hour podcast just talking about every single fucking scene. Um, <laughs> and let us know, you know, what we should watch next. Maybe pick three Wes Anderson's for us to watch at some point um, or check our Instagram. Let the boys watch pod where we're, we're going to put up a vote. Um, you probably listen to this Thursday. It's going to be up tomorrow uh, on Fridays. Every Friday there's the vote for what we're going to watch next. So send us an email about that too. Um, 
we love you so much. Thank you for your support. Uh, what's the na- girl's name or person's name? She may not be a girl. Uh, meow something. Me- meow Kitty Purr. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats on our first ever. First, maybe last. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Contest. Um, yeah, please. Uh, um, I'm all tapped out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have as much uh, discretionary funds to be giving out money. Um, tell but, your friends, Meow Kitty Purr, please tell, help yeah. us. Tell your friends. Um, kitty, from one kitty to another, meow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, thank you, Robbie. Tell them good night. Good night, Royal. Hell of a damn grave. Wish you were mine. <laughs> Will somebody <laughs> kill these damn mice? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs>